0: Hi, I'm Justin King and welcome to the Blue Chip Academy. As a five star recruit, all Big Ten corner, NFL vet, and Power 5 recruiting coordinator, I understand the emotions that go along with the recruiting process. The Blue Chip Academy is here to provide education, critical insights, and mentorship through the recruiting process for families and athletes alike. When athletes and their families have proper education and guidance, they're able to make better decisions and set themselves up for long-term success. Blue Chip Academy provides the resources and information that empowers athletes to create their own blue chip blueprint and take ownership of their careers. Blue Chip Academy exists because when athletes and their families are armed with the right information, they're able to make the decisions for themselves that positively impact their future. Again, I'll be your host, Justin King, and welcome to Blue Chip Academy before we move on like we talk about confidence being one of the main ingredients what is something that a, a candidate or a person or a player when when they're not confident like what's the what's the stench that comes off immediately when someone's not confident to you
1: well i think that it depends right cuz sometimes people are not confident but they show up like if they are <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's something exactly is worse. Yes. Yeah. uh but we we do see a lot of hesitancy right like it's just sort of like this very i don't make eye contact i don't interact much i just keep myself quiet and i've seen this so much on people who have so much um good skills and abilities but they're not using them they're not telling anybody they're not speaking up they're not showing up even like the presence right like your body language if i were sitting here like this how would you feel about this interview? If I'm speaking very make softly. Make me, let me check.
0: Let me make sure I'm sitting up straight. Right. If I'm speaking
1: very <laughs> softly and very slowly, that makes a difference, right? But if I'm bringing energy and passion and then that already makes you feel much more confident on my abilities, even though Absolutely. I could be saying, who knows what here?
0: No, you're right. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. I've seen people tell great stories or operate in a place of confidence and it might be false confidence or they know it's false and they're just like, well, I know I can get their attention from acting and standing <laughs> like this and saying different things, stats or whatever the case may be. But I don't know what I'm talking about. Like I've heard people say that and in, yeah, intentionally sometimes, but it's like, I'm not real sure in this, but I'm gonna bring all my confidence from this space over here and yeah. it's worked with some pretty big wigs. Yeah. Too. And
1: I think, you know, body cycle, like there is so many studies that have been conducted about this, right? Like your posture, like how are you showing up? Like the way your shoulders, your face, like all of these things is fascinating. And it really, you have to remember that it's not only the confidence that you're having on yourself, but the confidence that you're instilling on others. You want people to feel confident on your abilities. So how are they perceiving you as well? Because it's a big component of that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that is, that's a great point. Man, we're jumping into the working and selling in professional sports. So for mm-hmm. our listeners that may not know, what are you responsible for as the VP of people and strategy for the Pirates?
1: What am I not responsible for? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I actually oversee our business strategy specifically, and that's mm-hmm. mostly thinking about where are we growing? You know, what is our ten-year roadmap from a revenue perspective, from a cost containment? From we have actually here at the pirates we have five strategic priorities that we focus on, and that was a long-term plan that we did when we do a lot of analysis. And so we focus on you know growing revenue in the long term. You want to make sure that that's a very long-term type of thinking, and not just like a we just want the, the cheap way out, right? You have to be very conscious of that. How do we actually care for our people? Culture is a big thing, right? Like, so we're very focused on that. How we provide the best experience in this ballpark? We have to, right? Like one piece is what you experience on the field with winning and losing. And the other thing is the things we can control, which is the experience when you're here. Do you have the most memorable moment when you come to this ballpark? So we're incredibly focused on that. And then we're also very focused on, our operations efficient? You have to operate in a very efficient manner. And because we're a very, like, people don't realize this, but the Pirates is actually a small company, right? Like we only have 500 employees. We're not, not, you know, Highmark has like Mm 20,000, right? And so like, when you think about that and you put it in perspective, we have to be very lean. We have to work very efficiently and things move fast. So you have yeah, to keep yeah, going yeah, sure. and i actually think all sports teams are in the same boat right we might have 400 500 employees the most um like here in pittsburgh we have 160 or so and that's so it. yeah that's it so we we're very focused my job is very focused on whatever decisions we're making they're holding those priorities at the heart of it we're taking care of our fans because they're first and foremost, we're creating a a player and people-centered culture that is really the anchor. And then I'm heavily focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, right? We have to diversify the game. Uh, We have a lot of diversity on the field. It's not manifesting in the other areas and we have to do that right and then there is this ceiling which which we're seeing where you know we have diversity at the bottom and this is happening across not just in sports but then we're not moving them up right and so we have to make a concerted effort to build people with the ability to display those things and then show up at that at those levels as well so i am incredibly focused on that right now
0: Wow, that's a great point that you even bring up, even from the standpoint of the diversity aspect, whether it's backgrounds, nationalities, and different things of that nature. Because, I mean, women working in leadership roles in professional sports isn't common. Yeah. Like, so for you to make it to that level, would you attribute like your level of confidence and your and that focus on why you made it to that level?
1: I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? For women, it's a double-edged sword. I would agree it, yes uh actually there is a phenomenal article about how confidence is weaponized against women uh, meaning like if we're too confident then we are you know bossy and we are bitchy or whatever but if not we're not whatever yeah. yeah but if we're not performing it's because we're not confident enough so we can win at this point right so at the end of the day i always just tell people like that i think the differentiation for me is not whether i'm confident or not is that i'm not looking for validation. I am authentically myself. And so I'm gonna show up as myself. And if this is your cup of tea, great. And if it isn't, great as well. You know, I'm not gonna change for anybody. And I always encourage that because when you show authentically, that is confidence, right there? Right. right, because I don't have to pretend to be anybody else. And I think that the one reason why I've, I've made it is it's exactly that, right? Because I'm doing this not for me, I'm doing this for the right reasons. I'm doing it for my people, and I'm focusing on the things that I can help and I can drive change for. And then I'm leaning on that really hard. And that's and I'm and I'm gonna keep you know I'm gonna be vocal about it, and I'm gonna create the space for other women to to do the same. And 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 if I'm honest with you, Justin, I think that people of color in general face this exact same thing. Very true. If you're 100%. too confident, then you're abrasive you're the angry person or you're whatever, right? Yep. And so I think for me, I am in a very good position where I can challenge those biases and I am going to continue doing
0: it. Appreciate that work. And I mean, having a daughter, having little cousins that wanna work in sports, like that are that are women, what advice would you have for any woman that wanna work in sports in the best way to, I guess, provide that initial value, right? Cause I mean, we talk about getting the sports programs, sports organizations, so, I mean, a lot of times it's that, like, what value are you providing? You know what I mean? Sometimes if you're just coming in with only confidence and no, no value providing. No, no, no,
1: you have to have confidence. might not work, competence right? And you brought too. a
0: lot of value to the table because <laughs> you were coming from a shetty standpoint. Yes, but.
1: yes, yes, Um, Well, I think that, like, a couple of things. I do often tell people, right, like, as I said, like, it's confidence and competence. You need both. You can't just okay. over-indexing one and then the other. There has to be both. Uh, and, like, to me, for example, I'm confident on my ability to figure things out. That's a competence, right? I'm a very good problem solver, incredibly good, and I can figure anything out. So that's like, to me, like a good thing. Uh, But I would say for any, any woman who wants to get in this field, I think the biggest thing is like, you have to really go for it, right? You can be afraid of working hard, doing your thing, and then speak up. I see so many women sitting in, not even sitting on the table, They will take the back seat immediately. We have to change that. You know, we have to change that. And we need allies, of course, but while they're catching up, we gotta lead by example, right? Like sit on the table, speak up, raise your hand, have an opinion, we should have an opinion. And it might be the wrong one, but who cares? You know, I learn more when I say the wrong thing than when I keep it to myself.
0: That's the confidence. Got to be able to, I mean, a lot of confidence to come up and speak. A lot of confidence is just for people to even see you be wrong, to be completely honest, and be okay with that. I think that's what I'm not trying to tell athletes coming through the process. Like, yeah, one of your critical advantages that you've been evaluated in front of your peers your whole life, right? Whether it's something that you actually care about or not, but whether you go over your film study and different things of that nature. So when you're transitioning out, a lot of people don't get that practice or that. Uh, that availability to you know get criticized and like that you have a thicker skin than most. So like yeah. understanding that it's not going to be terrible if you're wrong. It won't be terrible if you make a mistake. It's not it's not worse than getting beat for a touchdown in front of a hundred thousand people. I'll tell you that much. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I
1: right. right. But so, I, I do have to tell you, I think if I put myself when I started it, um, I think the one thing I always recommend to people, and this is just not women but in general, and that was my rule. Gotcha. I always did more than what was asked of me. Always. If somebody asked me, NIV, can you run this report, I would run the report, analyze it, and provide insights, even though they never asked me to give insights. Right? But I did. Because yep. if they're asking me for a report, they clearly want to get something out of it. So why would I just run the report? I'm going to make their life easier. I spend a ton of time connecting to people. What do they want? What do they care for? How do I make them more successful? I, my whole job all the time is how do I make my boss more successful? It's not about me. How can I elevate him? How can I make sure and my people now, right? Cause I have my employees. So I'm very focused on maximizing my employees, but I, I do it in a way that aligns with what my boss wants. And if what my boss wants is not what I want, I should not be here.
0: That's true. I mean, because how can you work authentically in that space if that you doesn't cannot. align?
1: You cannot. And that's one I always tell people, like, connect. And connect generally. You know, like, I hear a lot of people saying you got to network. It's not about knowing a ton of people. It's about knowing people that would be your sponsor and your ally and will go to bat for you. My boss goes to bat for me. And I owe him everything. My previous, Bob, Deb, my previous boss, Deb Price-Johnson, who works for Highmark, she went too bad for me. She gave me my first chance. Like you need that people that sees your potential and would take you with them.
0: That's a lot. And you're, you're, that's a great, that's a great insight and a point. Cause like we, like you hear it all the time, like, Oh, you got to mark and you got to network. You got to build your ecosystem and different things of that nature. But it's like, I believe it's, it was merit-based networking, right? Like there's a level, like your goal should not just get someone's number or card, but like, how can you provide value to that yes. person? Because in that moment, that's what a trust factor is kind of exchanged. Yes. Like, okay, I trust this person to put my yes. name on the line for this person. Right? Like, I don't, uh-huh. not that they just send me a birthday text every once in a while, but it's like, oh, I know I going to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to show this because I don't think, sometimes people don't recognize that when someone's handing it off, like they're protecting their own, you know, their credibility, yes. their their foresight, their insight onto you or just how they evaluate different things. So just being on point and getting that trust factor first takes a level of authenticity of what are the pain points? Where can I provide value? Like being externally focused is what I'm trying to get to the point of, because that's,
1: that's how you make the true connections. Yeah. And it has to be genuine because people can smell that you just want to get something out of them, right? Like they can't like even when my boss gave me, eventually got the chief of staff role, I didn't know her, but I had created enough ripples that people knew, and at least the person who would solve your stuff if you need anything, right? When mm-hmm. I showed up here to my interview, what? I actually showed up with that seven-page strategic plan okay. that I built and I presented. They didn't what? ask me for that. That's going yeah. above and beyond. The other person, the other two people that were in the pipeline, they didn't bring that. I'm certain that's what got me the job. And I knew nothing about sports, but I was like, "I do know strategy, so let me show you. This is the timeline that we would do. This is how long it would take. This are the results that we can get. Here's the analysis I did of the market, of where you are today and where I can take you."
0: That's awesome. That's super cool. I was because I mean, that's a, that's like getting into the weeds a little bit, but just moving up and just in sports, I feel like you have to create like a long lasting value. So like what I used to do at Penn State to move up to get to XFL, same way got the job from showing the materials that I created from a strategy standpoint, a teaching, like building out a program. And it came from like an end of the year meeting of with James Franklin and not getting a position that I wanted. And I was like upset in the, in the end of the year review. And he was like, look, find all the gaps that you don't want and like create your own job and write it down. And in doing that, I started making all these different things. It's like, all right, this is what I want to do. And like it gave purpose to even where I was at when I was disgruntled a little bit, and I use that to leverage different things when I was going to just show like, okay, there's value here. Taking that step beyond what it is. Like not just what your resume, but like, no, show your proof of uh, your evidence of impact is what I like yes. to say. You know I what I mean? So it's that. like, you know, cause it's, I mean, we can all have the different skills and stuff, but like you have to have evidence of impact. Like if you impacted something, you, you'll have, there's some, there's going to be leftovers. Like there's going to be remnants of it. Like people might say something, but should be able to leave something that your name's on from a, building, constructural standpoint or whatever that may be on the back end from the business side. So like, I mean, that's, that's very, that's impressive from that standpoint.
1: <laughs> you have to, you got to try it. doesn't take much.
0: No, a hundred percent. They're
1: not expecting it. So it's like a nice value lot, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and like you're in a very unique position because, like you said, you're dealing with the president and like the like the chief of staff over at a high mark. And so you're seeing executives and leaders operating, and whether it's their gaps that they might fall off, and where you can provide that value. What are some um, what are the best practices that have you seen from successful executives and leaders? Sometimes I don't like to mix them together because a leader might be different than an executive. But you can be a leader anywhere, but. Executive the title.
1: So. That's fair. Yeah. We do hope all of the executives are leaders. Let's hope.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um. Yeah. So I think that the the thing I see on and I, Maxwell has this very nice layout of like leadership levels, like you know, position, permission, uh, production, people development, and pinnacle. Right. And you want to be at that pinnacle. And I think that the leaders that make it to pinnacle level, and those are far and few. Right. Like. Think of the nelson mandela's of the world right um i think that they do two things very well i think that they honor people and they drive results and it's not an or right they do both and um so i'm a big fan of doc conant he was the ceo of Campbell soup i did a boot camp with him on leadership and in his boot camp it's probably one of the most amazing things that i've ever done and every year he does a very big summit that is free it's a whole week um, that if you can go and look for it, it's worth it. He had Brenna Brown last year, Susan Cain, just like phenomenal. And he has this thing that I love. He says, you have to be tough-minded on standards and tenderhearted with your people. And I absolutely adore that. And it's both. He says, you have to embrace the power of and. It's love your people, and
0: drive the results that you want. That's 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 a that's a little revolutionary to an extent because I think sometimes people separate them, right? Yes. Where it's like I need to drive results regardless of how the people feel. Like we we heard, we heard the stories about Steve Jobs and like how he used to treat some employees or just different leaders just different leaders across the board, right? Or it's like. I mean, talk about it with coaches. Like sometimes people say about Nick Saban or Bill Belichick, like real tough guys. It's like no, all they care about is winning. And I used to have to bring the the concept to people's ideas. Like like these great coaches that you're talking about, they also have had great talent management. And with talent management, you have to care about the actual person. It can't just be about your your the end result because like there's some massaging along the way whether to get this player to perform. That's a little bit of an outlier here or there or maybe a problem child here or there, but it's just, it's a level of honoring your people. Like, right. honoring your people that do drive results at the same time. Cause it's like being hard with it. Like, yeah, I mean, if someone's not driving results that you're honoring, I think it becomes a clear thing. Like maybe this isn't a fit for the culture. Cause that's almost like that framework is like a culture driving framework.
1: Yes. Right. Like it is. It,
0: it, it's, it puts things in place where people can kind of excel you can, can, see what falls off. I like that. I'm,
1: well, I'll tell you this, I think like, and if you hear his story, he says he wrote 30,000 handwritten thank you cards to his staff during his tenure, and they only had 20,000 people. So he would always write like handwritten letters, cards to his people to thank them for the work that they were doing. Wow. That's another level of really honoring and caring for people, right? And so is that level of appreciation. And I I just... I adore that because you need both. And that's the reason why even my boss gave me human resources. I oversee human resources. And it's because when I was building all this strategy, I kept telling him, it doesn't matter that we have the best plans. If you don't have the right people in the right places, right, doing the right things, none of this matters.
0: None of it matters. I mean, especially coming from the strategy standpoint where you're like building all this out on the, on the wall and it's like now let's operate it as it, yeah. as it trickles down. Ah, I mean, that's, that's amazing. I mean, even from seeing the top performers from executives and things of that nature, how have you seen people that are fa- fast risers in the industry? Like, is there a common trait that they have that you see where people's like, oh, he's moving up fast throughout the different positions?
1: I think that what they have, it's, I mean, again, I think that they show a ton of value. They do yes. more than they're asked for, right? They're like I always call them my go-getters. They they would really ask insightful questions sometimes because you know, oftentimes when we're at those lower levels, we think that we should just do whatever people tells me. Like okay, yep. you told me to do this, and I go and chase it down. And instead, I actually see that the people that rise fast is that people that has the ability to help you think differently. That el- I always say, can you elevate the thinking in the room? If you can elevate the thinking in the room, you're always adding value. And the only way you can elevate the thinking is asking questions, being curious, right? Instead of judgmental, just be curious. How can I help? What are the things that I could do? Why do we think that way? What are stuff that can make it better? That to me, like I've seen it in every person that just like goes up fast, it's because they can ask good questions and they get things done.
0: At you have to get things done. I, I mean, everyone listening, you understand. Working in sports, there is a bottom line. Sometimes it's the score, sometimes it's the on the Excel sheet. But you have to get things done that are in your wheelhouse because you're, you're, I mean, you're trusted to get that done. And that's another reason, or just a barrier of entry to work in sports, right? When I think to work in it, there's a level of stripping off level of confidence. Like some people have to like, really like to get this, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And then some people come in in a little bit of an insecure space where it's like, all right, I'm just need to be happy to be here. Like every, I can get fired any chance. But to operate at the lower level with confidence isn't as easy as people may think. Whether it's to speak up and ask questions or challenge, like "Are we sure you want to do that that way?" Obviously, don't be obnoxious if you've never put any time in these right. questions <laughs> to your people. Right? Like, there's there's levels to it. I'm not saying yes, that, but having yes. that core co- core confidence of what you can ask and what you can bring to the table yeah. to think differently because everyone has their own perspective. Like, and that's one of the great advice I got from my dad going through just the process. He was just always as a coach, he would say. Make sure when someone rubs you wrong and you don't like them, listen, even listen, even more intently,
1: more, mm-hmm.
0: more intently, right? Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you're all typically, I don't like this person. You just kind of cut off what they're saying. Yes. And a lot of times that's when all the nuggets are coming, yes. you know what I mean? But
1: well, Justin, I will tell you this, I think that you're absolutely correct. I think that one of the things I see in a lot of people who stalls in their career is they don't understand time and place. So yes, I am confident, yes, I am outspoken, but I know when and how to be, right? If I have something very controversial, I'll probably say it in private to my boss. I won't humiliate him in front of anybody, right? Right. Or do anything that makes him feel insecure. I have done it by accident and I had to go and apologize after, right? Because I get wrapped up in whatever it is that I'm doing. And I apologize publicly about it too, right? Um. And so you do have to know that you build that trust you first have to have trust with people so if i were to give you an advice build trusting relationships
0: build trusting relationships i think i just did a video about coaches and players like if you want to get on the field early build trust first because like as a coach like you can do all these different things you can make plays but if you're not doing making the play the way they told you to make the play first It doesn't really matter because now I just now I don't like you made the play the first time. I don't trust you. Like you did that on your own. Now I don't even know if I can tell you what to do anymore. So it's like that dichotomy is is extremely important and detrimental if you don't understand the level of EQ and when to speak up, when not to speak up and when to elevate, when to poke a hole at something. I think those are all very interesting pieces and that accelerate and stall careers all the time
1: without a doubt Brené Brown talks about trust like thinking of a marble yard like you have to put enough marbles and then if you do mess up something it's only one right it's not empty but if you start with an empty then right if i messed up i have nothing for you to like go back to me right like when i messed up with my boss we have enough trust that i can go and say like sorry that was not right right
0: and when you know that you have that trust, you probably operate at a higher level as well. Yes. Cause like, I think people understand when someone doesn't trust them or a leader doesn't trust them and it's like yes. walking on eggshells and I can't really do my best. And even having to push through that and sometimes making bosses uncomfortable. I mean, you sit a lot in football because football coaches a lot of times are you know very hard on things and, blah, 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 blah. and you, know, you see people that the talent acquisition process is all up to them saying, Hey, I got a guy that can fit this role. So then you start seeing people that work in the industry just wanting to be liked by the person that's at the top and not really providing the right value to get that next job or get that other opportunity or even understanding why that coach isn't putting their neck out on the line for you because like yeah you're doing all this stuff for him but he doesn't really see you as like anything above that right like and so they won't put themselves out and say that you're above that that's correct like it gets it gets tricky no that's (laughs) not
1: but that's the beauty of it. You know, oh, it's, a it, it's a journey. It's a journey.
0: It's a journey. It's a journey. You got to commit to it. Yes. I mean, you're saying some, I mean, this is all. This is like great stuff for everybody transitioning or even wanting to work in the sports industry. I mean, this is, and just going through the recruiting process because all these things are trans can translate. So is there any prime trait that you're looking for when adding team members to the Pirates team?
1: Um, I like people who are owners, just be an owner. We don't need victims. In the industry, in this industry, you can be a victim. You, you just can uh, You have to be an owner. You have to take full ownership. You have to understand that you're in full control of your life, of your emotions, of your decisions. And oftentimes, because listen, we play a ton of games, right? There is a grind every day. So there is another level of emotional and mental resiliency that has to be at play. And if you're a victim and you think everything is happening and you know, everything happens to me, poor me, I don't know this, this is not going to work. It just right. doesn't work.
0: That's, that's pretty, that's, that's a good one. I like that. That's like very insightful. to I me mean, full ownership is cause it, it, it produces those type of things that you say, right? Where it's like, all right, I'm not just an assistant running to get a report. Like, no, I got to get this report, like full ownership. If I was presenting a report yeah. for myself, what would I do? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give the insights. I'm going to take that next step. And like you said, it has to be authentic for you to even go that far into it.
1: And you have to, you know, because there is so many ups and downs. Like we're, we're very focused. One of our strategic priorities, of course, is building a winning team. We have to have a winning team, right? But that's a long-term point. We have to be, it will take time. And so if we were not owners, it's easy for us to say, well, until we have a good team, we're not going to worry about anything else. That's the wrong thing. Like we have to own our spaces and continue to drive towards that excellence in every aspect. Right. And I think you said it perfectly. It's on and off the field. It's mm-hmm. both.
0: A hundred percent. Like it's sometimes off the field even more so because yes. it, you can't just out effort or just have a better talent than, than someone else. It's like really like the blocks being put in place, being able to work with different personalities, backgrounds and really care about the on the field product and come to the conclusion I mean coming from personnel dealing with coaches, I mean how many times I've argued about a teenager to a coach and from standpoint like mm. he's not good enough right like but you know you just gotta you
1: gotta yes.
0: we're trying to get to the same thing so we just gotta understand how we get there
1: yes for sure I love it,
0: <laughs> yeah so last well not the last one one close to the last thing, but baseball identification talent identification process starts so young right you see guys. Whether from the Dominican Republic, whatever, just coming and getting this type of attention. How do you, how do you identify key professionals that can help your team excel in in baseball? Like that are younger in the p- talent pipeline. Like, oh, there's a there's a kid that's graduating from Duquesne that may be great to work here. Like, how do you guys go about identifying talent within the pipeline?
1: Yeah, so I think well, one thing is for baseball and players, it's like a completely different animal, 100%. right? Um, for us, from a talent acquisition perspective, so we do spend a ton of time um, recruiting, going to fairs, just trying to get to see where where are the people that have interest on you know being in sports, and even understanding what are the opportunities because a lot of people doesn't understand all of these jobs that are in the front office right that we have um that are entry-level positions we have a lot of coordinator levels we have a lot of good internships i always tell people like try to get at least your resume because once you send that we have you in our system right uh we do on a specific event every year it's called a Kurt roberts in event and we do we just it's a diversity event so what we do is that we have diverse candidates come in and then five people actually gains an internship through that process. Oh, wow. And so that's one that if you can keep your eye out for, that's a very good way to get in here and get to know people. I will tell you this story. So we did Kerr Roberts last year and we did a little competition and then five people won the internship. And there was another table that was there and there was this young African-American man who uh, was very impressive. Like he presented, he was really good, and but they didn't win. And so, but I had my eye out on him, right? And then fast forward, like six months later, we did a career and a sports day here at the Pirates. And people just came to a game. Like if you bought the ticket to a game, you got into this panel. And there were like all these presenters and all different people. And he was there. And so I approached him and I said, you know what, this is the second time I've seen you here. Would you like an internship for this summer? And I gave him an internship because he showed up.
0: Show it up.
1: just show up, reach out to people, ask, ask for what you want, right? Nobody's out there advocating for you. You have to advocate for yourself. And so I am always having an eye out. My team is having an eye out. I'm always looking. I try, right? I try to go to different events, but there is so much that we can do. I can't see you if you don't show me who you are. So you also right. have to make, remember how I talked about ownership? That is ownership. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna try. You know, and let's say that, you know, because I'm very cognizant of this. Maybe you can afford it. Like some of our stuff are free, of course, right? But let's say you couldn't. Just message me on LinkedIn. Send me a a little message and say, Hey, listen, um, I'm really passionate about sports and these these are things that I love. And then maybe, you know, I had somebody who'd reach out to me and said, I came to a game and I saw all these things that I think you could do better. And here are some ideas and I love it. Guess what? When I need somebody in a strategy, I'm hiring that person. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's. I mean, that's right on point. That's great tactical information that people can input now and just when they're going out and doing the different things. Because I remember just getting into that aspect of the proactive talent acquisition when I was at the XFL, just going around in different areas. And it's like, oh, keep track of that person, keep track of this person, just the sourcing aspect of talent. And outside of your frame of sending out the job description and seeing where resumes come in, but actually being proactive and going out there and finding different people that can, um, operate in that space. So, and Natalie talked about where you can find her in this whole space, but we can check her out on LinkedIn and make sure that you guys follow, um, her blog that is called cultivate confidence. And that is on LinkedIn and all those good things And you can find her there And we just like to leave you guys with one thing, man. There is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that is less than one that you are capable of living. That's from Nelson Mandela. That's one of our favorite quotes. And that's what we're trying to do here. Make sure that you're not playing small, man. We're just playing, playing large because it's to your credit to be able to do that. Thank you so much, Nile, for jumping on. And this was like amazing. I said that best place to find you is on LinkedIn. Yes,
1: you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram. I have a website. I'll send you the link to the uh, self-confidence work and so you know can also follow my blog whichever you want i'm here so
0: i gave the i gave the plug i gave the plug and a little bit of this stuff to cultivate confidence make sure you check that out and all that good stuff i was i subscribed to it it's Ooh, very good. good and like again control that confidence understand and like have the eq to go along with it and the confidence when you're going to these different positions and having value that you're provided so and this is us from LIG Sports Group. And If you guys need anything, Blue Chip Academy is here for the built branding and the NIL recruiting era and Blueprint to Success Program. So you guys understand, have the tactical leverage and crafting your leverage while you're going through this elite sports ecosystem and making sure that you're uh, using sports to a career that you can bank on. I love it. So thank, thank you so you. much, Miley. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Blue Chip Academy. To help navigate the recruiting waters, LIG Sports Group put together a Blue Chip Recruiting Checklist. Download your checklist at LIGsports.com Blue Chip Academy to ensure you're making informed decisions through this process. Hit subscribe and check out the LIG Sports Group Football Ops Recruiting YouTube channel. where We will talk about the recruiting and other critical points in the football ecosystem. If you're feeling stressed, confused, or just want to help putting together a blue chip blueprint for you and your son, don't hesitate to book a console call with me at ligsports.com backslash blue academy. Remember, everyone has a different journey. Keep sharpening. and remember that you can only go to one school. Just make sure that you have your blue chip blueprint together and execute it. Life is good.